Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle, a show about the ideas, processes, people, and culture behind designing meaningful digital products. I'm your host, Anthony Armanderas, and I'm joined today with Johnny Ham, design director, badass designer, and a really good friend of mine. Thanks for joining, Johnny. Say hello. Thanks, man. Um, good to be here. Yeah. Well, you guys might have heard Johnny on a previous episode that we did um, that was about his experience working in uh, New York design agencies. Um, Johnny, uh, for some more context, tell a little, say a little bit about yourself and the kind of stuff that you've been working on lately. Sure. So, um, as Anthony said, my name is Johnny Ham. Uh, I've been a designer for about sixteen plus years, working on uh, different types of projects spanning from typical websites, um, mobile, web apps, you name it, um, and more recently, working towards uh, working. On projects that focus on uh, more AI-based uh, type applications, things like conversational UX, bots, um, every kind of buzzword <laughs> trending thing today, um, very emerging. AI, AR, VR, yeah, <laughs> everything. <laughs> doing. Uh, fortunately, you know, I'm it's, I'm really psyched to be working on this kind of stuff. But yeah, kind of like everything that's kind of like very experimental right now. Um, I've been uh, had the I've had the pleasure of working on uh, recently. Awesome. So, Johnny, you're a design director. Why don't you give us a brief description of what that means here at FunSize? So, sure. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like a mix of uh, creative director and art direction. Um, and when I say that, you know, at a typical agency, a creative director might you know lead the overall um, project path and overall you know visual direction and um, User experience direction, but um, they might not necessarily design anything. Versus an art director who might be um, not so much leading the project, but um, directing the art. But exactly, <laughs> but directing the visuals, actually getting in there, executing a lot of the stuff, and you know, working with their team and managing uh, other designers to make sure that you know the creative director's vision is applied and um, and thought out. Okay, so um, but at fun size, I, I guess the mix of what you're dealing with is the intersection of managing two or three project streams at one time, building a deep relationship with the customers, um, working with uh, designers on each of those teams to balance and, and work that's balanced between research, UX, interaction design, and visual design. Um, and uh, those of us that have this role at fun size, we're we're juggling a lot of things, and one of those is. The, is the is the is the relationship of the client and and the future uh, opportunities with these these projects? Yeah, exactly. So, um, kind of going back to what I said, um, like uh, it is a mix between you know you know setting the vision and the goal and the and the goals of the project with the client, working directly with the client, and doing a lot of these executions as well. Um, you know, there'll be times where I might work on a project where. I will. I'll manage designers, but not necessarily execute on anything. But just make sure that the goals are in place and we're following, and making sure that that's um, completed. Or there might be a project where I'm actually setting up concepts and designing those, and, and making sure that whoever's the designer on on hand is is following through and making sure that's all done. But at the same time, also working closely to with the uh, client, making sure that you know the goals that we come up with together are being met. Um, and just kind of making sure that they're happy with everything, and and you know, I mean, what's what's great about fun size is that you know, 
versus like other places that I've been to. It's like it's not it's not so much where the client is like kind of like kind of seems like they're almost the enemy sometimes. Here it feels very collaborative and um, you know, kind of kind of seeing the client as more of a, a design partner trying to make a, a good product. Um, and that's kind of like my role here at uh, at Fun Size as far as design director goes. It's a little it's a little weird, but you know, just just for some context, the way that we sell the work is we give a client a team that includes a design director, an experienced lead, and one or more product designers mm-hmm. that are dedicated, and then they they have a monthly simple monthly fee. So um, when when we're coming into an engagement, um, let's say let's call it a three month engagement to design a uh, a mobile application. Um, we don't necessarily know where where the project will be when when our um, statement of work ends. So it's about you know building that tr- initial trust with the client, like you said, by like working with them as a almost like an almost like is if we were working at, yeah. in on their same team and helping them make really big decisions about you know what's going to be in the roadmap, what's not, and then almost all the time. If there's a good if there's a good relationship, there's this huge opportunity to continue working together. And when there's no defined like statement, when the statement of work is only time, yeah. like how do you think about um, um, extending a relationship with with a customer or a product that you really enjoy working on? Like, what are some of the tactics you use to um, help a team, you know, see the value that we're we're providing and um, and illustrate what the what the future could look like? I, I guess. Yeah. So. Normally, when a project starts off, we have our kickoff and we start putting um, stories together as far as like how we're going to build this sprint and this iteration and, and, and figure out what the goals are for that. Um, a lot of times they'll come up with like what they need now, but you know, inspiration might strike while you're in that meeting and then you say, oh, what if we also did this kind of thing? You know, maybe, for example, they, they're focusing on an iOS app and you're like, oh, this would be awesome on Android as well. Then you would kind of put that, put that into the ice box, kind of saying, you know, letting them know that hey, this is another exploration. Or for example, if you're doing iOS and um, you you have, you know, you feel strongly about maybe, you know, selling them on an iPad idea, and it's like this is this could definitely work with iPad just as well, especially if your client is, is uh, you know, <clears throat> at home a lot on the on the on the couch. Um, you know, just kind of putting out uh, ideas out there, just like what ifs, kind of possibilities. It might not be part of the scope. And um, what you're actually working on at that time, but it's always, it's always great to kind of put things out, out there like that, you know, and not just like products, but just like you know features, like oh, um, so you want to do uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, for version one you want to do this because of the timeline, but you know for version two we can definitely do all this kind of other crazy stuff, you know, would you be interested in kind of doing that kind of thing? It's like the combination of like a design strategist and a product manager. Yeah, and pitching, yeah, exactly. Because right? like, yeah. you're you're constantly trying to figure out like what would actually push the needle, yeah. Um, for you know for you know for this customer or for this product ecosystem. And some examples of some of the stuff that I've seen over the years include like us just going. Oh, first of all, when we do this kind of work, it's free to our customers. So you know we don't work with clients on Fridays, and so a lot of times we'll do this kind of stuff, but. Some of the examples include like helping a client um, map out what the next year would look like yeah. in features, and it might just be user stories. And sometimes I've seen people actually uh, go and design discrete different features that could be added to the product. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, like starting to think about 
uh, well, maybe we've been working on iOS, but wearables is really important to the, the, the investor team. Mm-hmm. Or and, and some some of the stuff that I've seen your teams do have been um, helping them dream, you know, years into the future by thinking about how some of these things apply to you know virtual reality, for example. Some of this stuff may be not even some of the stuff may be worth building now, yeah. and some things may be like just good ideas to be thinking about for the future. And I think that that's. Um, Really important because, you know, you, you kind of have to be looking in two directions. Like, what do we have to do now, and and how do we, you know, what's the target for the future? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, one of the re- recent projects that we finished up, um, you know, uh, it, it started as an iP- iPhone app, but you know, just like kind of the type of user that's going to be using it, and kind of thinking, you know, towards you know. Five years from now, maybe even sooner than that, you know, we thought it'd be great just to explore, you know, a VR option. Why not? You know, um, it wasn't part of the original, you know, SOW or anything like that. It was just like we were so psyched as a team of this overall product, and we were like, dude, this would be awesome as a VR project. So we did, you know, our own research on our own time, you know, typically on a Friday. Um, tried to actually create a, a VR prototype using um, the tools that we have now. I mean, we're not programmers by any means, but you know, kind of taking um, things out there to kind of create that. And you know, I mean, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's you know, it's a little extra work to do, but you know, when you're really psyched about a project and you want to see this thing become amazing, I mean, we had no problem spending the extra time to do that kind of stuff. Well, it's 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 almost like it's um, you know. It's hard to sell a project. Yeah, it's harder, you know. It's harder to keep a client, and it's kind of like um, the way that I think about it is: I don't ask people to do this kind of stuff. It's not a job requirement. Exactly. But it's almost like it's your project to lose. Yeah, or your project to like grow and 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 I think that um, aside from you know, you know, the team dynamics and the cadence and the way things are going, I think that um, it it proves that we care a little. It proves that we're thinking a little about a little, a little bit more than just the, the the bare requirement. That doesn't mean that it'll you know like the example that you that you shared. I mean that definitely did not make it into their short term roadmap. But oh, no, I, but yeah. I think it had a things like that um, was a big determining factor for them to decide to go and do a second project with us, a third, exactly. and, and now a fourth. And so you know that that's kind of a important to me and I think our future because you know I didn't I knew this all along but I didn't I didn't realize um, how different we were until you know we had a good finance team on board and they yeah. they told me the difference between you guys plain and simple is that most agencies are out there selling a project they design they build it and they ship it and then they're on to the next thing yeah even though we're not an uh, <laughs> we're a digital product studio we're definitely not a, um, an advertising agency but our model is more like that of an of an advertising agency where um, we build trust on short projects. We usually gain it seventy percent of the time, and these customers will do two, three, four, five, and more engagements with us. To you know, some, sometimes we'll be working with them for a year or longer. So um, I realize that that's a, sort of a special thing, and mm-hmm. I think that um, this is this could be really inspirational for, for freelancers out there. That you know don't like to spend a lot of time you know looking for the next next new client all the time. If you find someone that you really love working with, um, you can do some of these things to you know continue um, that relationship to continue to build trust to um, 
do the things that will allow your customer to open up the kimono and and let you do more uh, work with them. Did you make that up? Because that's awesome. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if I use that correctly, um, <laughs> but you know, you know, yeah, I, I tell I, you what you mean. Yeah, I think a lot of times when someone's hiring an agency or a freelancer, or even when you hire an employee, sure, the the trust battery isn't full yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and so every decision and every action that a new team or person does either drains the battery or increases it. Yeah. And once, you know, I think this is a, this is a, um, a metaphor that, uh, another big tech company uses. I, I don't know who it is. Maybe I'm going to say maybe it's Zappos. I'm not sure. Anyway, the, the theory is that once, um, once someone has reached a hundred percent, um, battery charge from that moment on, they can be, you, you, you can start letting them do more, whether that's autonomy or, more high stake work, yeah, things like that, and yeah, you know, I'm not. I think it's just fact. You know, you know, a lot of these relationships have to be tested, and um, but you know, it's not just these kind of like what else? What else is um, what? Uh, it's a lot to kind of think of to ask someone. Okay, be a great design leader. Um, make sure you know enough about design research and UX and visual design mm-hmm. enough that you can work with a team. Some of these, some of these team members may, might have all three of these skill sets. Some may have one, but then, and then the other ask is this sort of account management stuff. You know, we don't have account managers. The design director is probably the closest partner that a client has. Like mm-hmm. that, isn't that a lot to think about? Like, isn't it a lot to think that, you know, you're responsible for it to a large degree with the, with that relationship with the, uh, what a client team is going to be like. I mean, when you say it like that, it's like you're kind of like, oh my man, this that's actually <laughs> this is a ton of work. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, and I'm not trying to sound like you know I got this in the bag or anything, but it doesn't feel that way. And I think mostly because, I mean, partly, partly it's because you know just the way the project's structured. You know, it's like a lot of times, uh, you know, it's kind of like you know almost one at a time, maybe two at a time kind of thing. But it's when you when you when you work with a client and think of them less as your boss and kind of more of a partner and kind of trying to solve a problem, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel at least to me like um, an extra job. It's just kind of like okay, this guy's working with us too. How do we um, you know how do we use your talents as a client to um, solve our goals and then you let us do the work that we need to do and kind of thing. Um, well, that sounds a little weird, but I mean, I guess to answer your question. It is a lot to think about, and maybe it's just from experience that I'm able to handle this kind of thing. Um, but when I started putting the client as a partner, it became less of a hassle or a burden to talk to them and work with them. You know what I mean? So it's not so much like, um, oh, I got to make sure that this guy is super happy because you know we're going to lose the account. It's more like, you know, hey, we're both we both have the same goal. We want to make a, a really kick-ass project. You know, let's work together. Um, and since the tools we use, like Slack and things like that, you know, kind of communicating with them all the time, it makes it makes a lot of things, uh, especially like managing um, their expectations, a lot easier. Not to toot our own horn, but I think we whatever we're doing, it's working out really well. And we are definitely not the most buttoned up, like you know, formal professional team. Like sure. I think we come as we are. We are who we are. Um, and I like that because. Some of these relationships we have, where we where this works out really well, the clients will work in the studio with us. You know, there's hugs and all that sort of stuff given out, and there's not this. There's not a lot of weird like, you know, you're a client, you're my vendor, like yeah, sort exactly. of thing. 
Well, I mean, and everyone's different too and how they manage this. You know, me and Natalie and you are the design directors. Each of us are either running fun, uh, running fun size or have ran a studio or studios in the past. Yeah. And you're right. This takes time to, to develop that. What kind, what kinds of tactics do you use, um, to think about the client as a partner and how do you show them, um, that, that, how do you show them that? Sure. I mean, it's it's really all about. I mean, just communication. You know, seeing them as kind of your equal and saying that we have this problem to solve, and just making sure that you know we set the goals that they expect, and we're hitting on those goals and maybe surpassing them. You know, um, it's it's kind of like any relationship that you have, whether it's um, your significant other or a friend. You know, there's always like you know a little give and take here and there, but as long as you're kind of on the same level, you know, it works out pretty well. You know. Um, I mean, I guess as far as tools go, I mean, it really is just about like being personable, being open to hearing ideas, and just kind of work, just being open to the idea of working together. And um, I think at like when I first started out, um, you know, when I before was fun size for a while, you know, um, I'm not sure if anyone really knew this, but I was freelancing for a long time and had my own little studio for a while. But um, the hardest part was. You know, working with a client and then seeing them as something that they're like sitting on a high throne somewhere where you're tossing stuff to them and then they're coming back to you, but there's like kind of a disconnect. Kind of like if you can imagine that person on a high throne and you're at the very bottom and you have a, you have a plate full of ideas, you're not handing it to them, you're actually just tossing it to them like with a slingshot, right? Yeah. Um, throughout the years, I've found that actually, you know, Becoming more of that person where you're you're trying to set an equal footing and you're on the same level where it's it's it becomes easier where you can actually hand it to them versus and then give us you know hey give us feedback based on that and instead of like sending it their way and um, waiting for that you know two days yeah. later for that kind of information I don't yeah. know if that really answers your question as far as the tools go I guess it's just well I, yeah I mean yeah, I think you explained it I, I wasn't necessarily talking about tools, but just the ways in which you do that. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I, the, the, the main call out I think was communication Sure, and that's everything. Like that's the style of communication. It's the cadence, right? Like yeah. you could be a friendly person, but if you're only checking in with your best friend once a year. <laughs> yeah. And I think <laughs> it's it, not good. it comes back to, I mean, this is kind of like my theory on everything as far as like relationships with clients. Like when you're young, you have your parents who you look up to, right? And you try to do things to make them happy. When you're in school, same thing. You have teachers. You're trying to make them happy, get good grades. They're not on the same level as you. They're the person who's you know judging you and giving you um, what you need based on what you provide for them. But the way it should be is you know more of like not so much that they're up there on that throne, but more of a kind of like, hey, we're we're eye to eye on we're eye to eye. Right? We're on the same level. We're, I don't want to say friends, but we're friendly. And when you see that person as a colleague versus someone who is above you, it makes the relationship a lot easier and a lot, um, a lot easier and a lot more manageable. Because then you're not afraid to say, "Oh, what about this? What do you think of this?" Yeah. You're not, you're not gonna. You're, I mean, it might get shot down your ideas, but you're not afraid to, you know, blast them out right and say, "This would be great if you did this, or not this, or whatever." Right? Yeah. Or if they say something, you're like, "You know what? Actually." That's a bad user experience. This is probably a better solution. You're not feeling, um, 
you don't feel that because you said something, you're going to get judged and shot down. I mean, you might get shot down, but um, that risk of, of of fear of losing and is gone. Well, you're making something together, exactly. And so and the the side benefit of that is that the designer or the design leader or the agency or the freelancer doesn't have. If if you work that way with a with your client partner, then you don't have to take the full burden of having to solve the problem alone. Exactly, you can actually make it, in my opinion, a lot more fun to work on stuff. And then, you know, in addition to communication style and cadence, like just you know, like just to reinforce what you said, treating it like a real relationship, like you know, you know, getting together and doing things often. That could just be like you know, talking about the work. Yeah. Um. You know, evaluating how things are going every two to four weeks with like a retrospective. Yep. You know, what can we, um, what should we keep doing that's working really well? What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? All these things that can let you navigate the space together in, in almost real time. That way, you know, you know, the design team doesn't have to send a letter of concern to the client or the client doesn't have to send a, a letter of concern to the agency or whatever. Yeah. And you're just kind of work it out, out together. And obviously that's not for everyone. Exactly. But um, in this world of building Digital products, I think it's uh, almost it's got to be table stakes because you know things move at lightning speed and requirements change and a whole other slew of, uh, of things. Um, let's talk about the opposite side um, of this uh, coin and you know and and, and then um, talk about um, how how a customer or a client um, can start to think about their freelancer. Or their employee, or their agency, more like a partner mm-hmm. and less like uh, a vendor that's like on the other side of the world. Sure. What are some tips that? Um, what are What are some tips you have for people that could help uh, them navigate that part? Yeah. Um, really, and this is, I mean, growing up, I was a super super shy person. Like you know me now. Like I'm probably the least, <laughs> the furthest from that now. But. Um, I think confidence is really, really key with dealing as as far as like leadership role. You have to come in there and give that or you know that aura of that you you're an expert on this, and you you know more than likely you are. Like I feel like I'm an expert at a lot of things, you know. So you got to come in there and and have that that confidence that you're the expert. You know what's right versus what's wrong. Uh, and I'm not saying to be a jerk about it or have a huge ego about it. Like I'm not saying like you know. Be some kind of crazy um, CEO boss kind of type thing, but like more of just like you know, putting that aura out there that you that you are the expert. They're coming to you for knowledge that they don't have, right? And yeah. your your job there is to present that knowledge in a way that solves their problem. So mm-hmm. I mean, really, confidence. It's like that's what really makes someone. I mean, I guess a successful leader, in my opinion, and also. Um, you know, leader, freelancer, whatever, whatever kind of job you have, it's like that. You well, know, can you clarify whether you're talking about the design team or the client? In the this? client. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm talking about the client, but also with the design team. But like at the same time, you don't want to shut down. I mean, there's confidence, but then there's like arrogance, and you don't want to be arrogant. You don't want to be that guy. You, you need sh- to be the domain expert. Exactly. You, you need to know the problem, the problems intimately. You need to you need to have the um, the know how. To yeah. solve that problem and and, and at least you know and, and play that role in the project. Exactly, you need to be Mr. Miyagi and their Daniel son, or your team might be Daniel son, right? And and you know they see you as that guru, the karate guru, the karate sensei, sensei that um, they're looking to learn something, and then um, 
you know, you provide that to them. You know, and there's a lot of self doubt. Like there will be times, especially working with a lot of like new stuff. Um, yeah, it's kind of. Uh, and then you paint the fence. Yeah, you, over <laughs> and over. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you'll, you'll go you'll go in there not knowing what the hell's going on. But you know, um, I mean, really, just confidence to have that I think really helps the relationship a lot because they're coming to you, like I said, they're coming to you as the expert to help solve their problems. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's important, and I say I think also just um, a little trust in the process. Yeah, for you know, sure. like you know, hiring a hiring an agency in today's world, you're gonna you know people are gonna be um, asked to work in more agile, lean processes, mm-hmm. and that might feel alien for a lot of um, um, a lot of folks or companies that have been used to more waterfall a- approaches. And you know, I think you just have to be open minded to you know. See how that works, and and I think if you are, you kind of you'll you'll notice very quickly how how well a team can work together, how quickly they can uh, solve um, dynamic issues, and 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 arrive at design solutions. Yeah, you know, trust is actually that's another thing. That's um, I mean these these clients of yours, they're putting thousands and thousands of dollars into you in in your company and then who you are, and they're trusting you. That you're going to, you know, solve that. So I think like um, confidence and trust is definitely important, um, especially when you're up, trying to upsell. Because like I think what makes um, the way that we work great is because you know not only do we try to focus on task at hand, but also think about ways that we can make this product better. And if they trust you, and they see you as that expert, and they and they understand that you know you, they're in good hands, then it's kind of a thing like, well, yeah, oh. Fun size had an awesome idea to do some VR. Maybe we should explore that. We didn't even think about that. Do we have the budget for that? We do. Let's let's do it. And or maybe just spend a little bit of money and get it in users' hands and see if it's exactly you know, worth investing yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, it's that it's that trust that, you know, um building the client's trust and making sure that they um whatever ideas you have, that they'll say, Yes, this is this is a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but that also comes with execution. Like you I mean, trust is something you definitely earn. You know, it's not something. I mean, sometimes it's like they trust you right away, but for a lot of times, it's something that you have to earn. And I think when you're when you're actually working on a project, making sure that you're solving those problems and doing the best job you can um, with what you're what you're given will help you gain that trust. So at towards the end of the project, be like, wow, you did an amazing job. We would love you to be on this other thing or whatever or something like that. And that's when you get to say, "Wow, that's great! I'm I'm glad I did a good job, even though I'm colorblind." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there'll be there'll be sometimes like you're designing something, you're just like, "Man, like I don't totally agree with this, but it's the client's great with happy with it." And you build that trust, so it's like you know, there's a little bit of a, like you know, sometimes you gotta let go a little bit. But yeah, yeah. well, this is a, a whole other topic, yeah. and but um, you know that. <laughs> That we'll probably have on the show about understanding the the being empathetic to your customers sure. as personas, mm-hmm. and I think a lot. You know, you're right. Like I think designers need to understand more than just the. I mean, sure, we want to create great design, but yeah. the people that it's paying the paying the paycheck mm-hmm. are also they have their own concerns. They need to look really awesome to their boss, yeah. or to their stakeholders. And sometimes, sometimes that has to come first. Yep. Um, to to build the trust battery so that they will let go of the reins and let you do stuff exactly um, and um, yeah no you're totally right like I've I've I mean I just remember like things when I was a younger designer you know starting out and then you're designing something you're like why are we even designing it this way blah 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 right but then sometimes you don't see the bigger picture because you weren't you know privy to that information but then it's kind of like you know um, I don't even know where I'm going with this actually <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just shut up now that's all right. 
Well, I mean, um, so we so on the client side, we said confidence and trust. So I have one final question for you. Sure. Um, I'm just interested in hearing your personal perspective on this. How critical do you think it is that um, a customer or stakeholder, whatever it is, the, the person that's not the design team, how important do you feel it is for them to actively participate in in the in the planning, in the design workshops, in other various forms of the design process versus being hands off? Yeah, I think it depends on the project, but f- overall, yes, I, I definitely think that having them, you know, uh, hands deep, if that's the right term, like just like kind of like with you in the weeds kind of thing is definitely super important, especially when you're working with startups and creating a project from thin air. Um, but sometimes it's it's like you're building upon a foundation that you've already you've worked previously, so maybe a client might not need to be so hands on. So, for example, if we're working on a startup right now, and um, at the very beginning of the project, you know, the client's very, very, very much involved, right? Um, but after maybe the third iteration or our second statement of work, it's it's something where you know the trust has been established where we can actually um, start doing things on our own because we understand the project well enough where they don't have to be so hands-on. But I definitely think in the very beginning it's very helpful. But just to kind of circle back, it really just depends a lot on the project for sure. Um, How would you feel about a client or a, or a member on the client's team designing in Sketch with you? I think that's fine. I mean, I... Here, I what I like, I, w- I don't ex- like when that happens. I don't expect them to create magic or anything, or create the final product. They're just kind of it's like whiteboarding, yeah. you know. It's not they're not actually designing it for you. They're looking for us to design it and make it look great. So I'm totally for doing that. It is, if that's the way they need to present their idea and get it out of their head and put it on something, then man, that's awesome. So yeah, you might be using Comic Sans or or you know whatever eight point. Type on it, like I get it. As long as the idea is there, is like let us do, let us make it pretty. You know, give us that turd, we'll polish it. I recently worked on a project (laughs) that that you weren't involved in, and it was in the cybersecurity space. So, talking about being a domain expert, like we like we really had to team up, right? Yeah. And when we were looking at the full scope of this application, we identified that okay, there's like eighty percent of this fund size really needs to do um, to own like creating the initial paradigms. Mm And some of the more complicated interaction design, but it was clear that there was this other ten or twenty percent that would be better suited by the client's designer doing. So, what was really interesting about this project was that when we did the planning, we would assign some things to fund size team members and some things to the client side, and we were actually designing together. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I personally really, really, really like that, but I, mean, I know I know that not everyone does. And, yeah, I think sometimes people feel like they're getting their job taken not job taken away from them, but like they're there for a specific job, and now the client's doing it, and they might feel like a little, you know, weird about that. But um, you know, as long as the product goals are being met and you create something awesome, I think that's totally cool to do. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for taking a moment out of your work day to come back on the show oh, dude, and talk to everyone. So busy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell everyone how they can find you on uh, on the interwebs? Uh man. Well, I don't want to give my Twitter out because it's it's I I it's like the insane ramblings of a spam bot. Like you'll see that you're like <laughs> Well, if you like the insane ramblings of a spam bot, then follow Johnny okay. on Twitter. It's at uh, @jdiga, a capital J, lowercase d. And um I'm mostly on on Pinterest. <laughs> Um, 
it's uh it's pinterest.com slash hello griswold and uh there's a lot of if you're looking for inspiration on stuff definitely check out that pinterest board it's dope dope thanks johnny thanks yep. everyone for tuning in we'll see you next time all right thanks This episode of Hustle is brought to you by Envision. Design better, faster, together. Learn more at envisionapp.com. Hustle is brought to you by FunSize, a digital product design studio that crafts delightful digital user experiences with inspiring product companies. Follow us at HustleCast and FunSize on Twitter. 